That's the Chase Trophy Kids. We've got an awesome show for you. We have the return of Pick'em, both college and NFL. We're talking about the NBA and what's been going on in the playoff bubble and some thoughts on what's happening with the Big Ten. It is a great episode. We have a little bit of an act, but overall, awesome episode. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is September 11th. We've made it, gentlemen. We have made it to the first week of the NFL football season. We are recording this on Thursday before Chiefs-Titans game. I have got with me my good friend Tim and my good friend Dante. How are we doing today, gentlemen? We're doing fantastic. We've made it. We've made it. Quarantine is over and football's back. <laughs> I'm no, I don't know if quarantine's over, but yeah. football's definitely back. Very true. It's not I'm over. I'm happy that football is back for y'all. Football is not back for me and won't be back for a little while, I, I think. That is true. We will get into the Big Ten debate or kind of questions and what's going on there in a moment. Um, I will say football is back, but it doesn't feel like it's back yet. I thought I was going to wake up this morning and be more like excited, and I definitely was excited, but it it's it feels weird as it should because like the world's on fire, literally. Um, there's so much going on, especially around COVID. We had no preseason. It feels odd, like college football. Technically, we got kicked off last week. I don't really consider that a kickoff. Um, I'm considering this week a kickoff. But even if you look at the board this week, it's like there aren't – it's just weird. It's weird. And I thought it was going to feel a little bit better. I think once that kickoff happens tonight, I'll feel a lot better. But I'm excited. It's just – it feels weird. <laughs> That's I the best agree. way I can describe it. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. I've gone through emotional swings on this. I've been upset with the Big Ten, and then I'm super excited – not this morning, not until we started recording about football being back. Yeah, I woke up and threw my Tom Brady jersey on. I got it on right now. It's opening day. So I do that for every major sport. Whatever major sport's opening day is, I throw that jersey on first thing in the morning. I'm like a kid on Christmas putting on those PJs. Like, it's it's just the ritual. Um, I was going to ask if that was a Brady jersey. Came literally two weeks ago. My girlfriend ordered it for my birthday back at the end of March. She ordered it beginning of March. It didn't arrive until like two weeks ago. <laughs> That's how it took forever. I will also say, I don't know if you guys feel this way or if you have thing, the jerseys to compare them to, but like the Nike jerseys, like I have mostly the old Reebok jerseys. Like I don't have a lot of new players jerseys. I don't really like the Nike fit as much. Like it doesn't, those old Reebok ones had like, holes in them they breathe a little bit better they're a little like looser and kind of flowing these are a little i don't like them as much i don't know i don't either they were real thick they're real like they look better too yeah they look better but they're way stiffer and they don't breathe like i'm sweating i mean it's hot in this apartment right now but like i'm legitimately on fire all day today um all right let's get into it we got some things before we talk football here we're gonna do a quick kind of Rundown of play NFL or NFL NBA playoffs, where we're at, what's been going on. Start right off the bat with the Celtics Raptors. I am a Celtics fan, as obvious. Last night's game was bullshit for so many reasons. <laughs> I am not going to be one of those people that said the ref lost us the game, but even the NBA came out and said that fa- that should have been a foul on Kemba. How they didn't call, they saw Nick on the court. I mean, like. It's impossible to miss him. He was on the court. I know they don't really call that, but, like, come on now. Um, the officiating was terrible, but Kemba can't have that. If Kemba doesn't have that game, if he plays at a normal Kemba level, I think we win that game. So, like, it's not the ref's fault. It is on the Celtics for not wrapping up that series. Exciting game, but annoying to watch. Frustrating to watch as a Celtics fan. I don't know what your all thoughts were on it, but. It, Kemba had. What do you have five points? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say eight, but no, he didn't beat Kyle Riley's game last the other day, so I don't know what <laughs> it you, was worse you've than seen that. This a few times with the stars, LeBron included, yeah, where points. like they go out in the bubble and have like a game where they scored you know less than 12 points or less than 15 points, and then they're looking around like, oh, yeah, I guess I should have. Uh, you know, done more for my team. Um, and with a team like the Celtics too, it seems like they need. You definitely need Kemba to play better, but you need you need everyone on that team to play well for the win. Hundred percent. I mean, he played fifty-two minutes last night. He had five points. He was two for eleven from the field goal. One from one six, for six. Three points, oh which is absurd because <laughs> he has that deadly like step back three. He's great off the pick and roll. Um, 
he's a scorer. Like, he's he's been cold-blooded, but I, he just did not show up. And that's why he came to Boston. He came to Boston to compete in the playoffs at a high level and just, like, didn't show up. And he knows it. And I expect him to come back next game, but it was just Kimba, and I know Kimba fans don't want me to say this, but uh, he should give up the three-pointer. He he should not – he shouldn't do it. And, I, you know, sometimes I say the same thing for LeBron. Uh, Kimba was one for six, I, I want to say, the two previous games as well three, from yeah. the three-point range. So, yeah, maybe we should just focus on mid-range jumpers and going in. <laughs> but that step-back three is so nasty when it goes in, especially at the end of the game like he hits it. Oh, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts going into Game Seven? I, I think the Celtics will probably finish it. It makes me nervous, especially when you have a game go that long. But I think, I don't know. I think they're going to close it out. Yeah, I don't think Toronto is going to win. Um, also, this and this is my you could turn on a conspiracy theory. Uh, music. I, the NBA. The NBA refs work for the NBA, and largely the NBA is a entertainment league is it's a league for entertainment and i think a little bit of what we saw last night was an extension of this series did you see what the nba account tweeted immediately after following that game no i didn't they tweeted out we are the north like a thousand times in one tweet literally like the second it ended i mean like i don't i'm not a big conspiracy guy myself but like there's always been conspiracies around the nba and controlling the games I mean, I didn't know Tim Donahue was out there refing this game last night. Like, where – I it, it is so funny, too. They come back the next day and I was like, yeah, that was a bad call. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean – There are uh, six other calls you missed. And uh-huh. the, the Kimba call was egregious because they reviewed uh, the other call that has – that doesn't happen unless Kimba gets fouled. Which yeah. My whole point. I was like, wait, but his fouling is what caused – this the jump ball situation yeah, timeout thing. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, dude. Unbelievable. Um, I with you. I think they close it out. They were my futures bet going into this season or into the playoffs. I bet the Celtics would win the East. So I'm hoping they close it out. I also said before the playoffs got started, before the bubble got started, I said Miami was going to be the sleeper. Now I did not foresee them dominating Milwaukee the way they did. But I'm not surprised they're in the Eastern Conference. I mean, can we – Miami is – Yeah, Miami reminds me of the 4 Pistons so mm-hmm. much. I don't, I don't hate, hate that. that. <laughs> yeah, they're they're scrappy. I remember texting Dante right at the beginning of the – I think it was the first game of the oh, Bucks yeah. uh, Heat series, and I was like, the Heat are going are gonna to be a problem in this series. No, I think you said Miami's going to be a problem, and I tweeted you – I texted you back like, Miami Hurricanes? What you're talking about? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they, they've got something special there. They are a feisty, feisty team. And that starts with Jimmy Butler, who to this day has the greatest story of all time when he was in Minnesota and he showed up to practice that one day and took the scrubs and beat the starters. From that day on, I have loved Jimmy Butler and then bounced from the practice after he beat him with the B squad. Um and he is, he's a killer. And the rest of that team, they got young guys on that team. Everybody's performing at a high level. They're dangerous. I don't think, I don't think there's, whoever they meet, if they end up winning the East, I don't think they have much chance against the team coming out of the West. But maybe, I don't know. They're, yeah, they have they're a tenacious. size issue, right? And kind of, <laughs> yeah. we're seeing the Rockets exploit the Lakers a little bit on the size issue, but I don't think my, I don't, you have guards and backcourt there with the Rockets. Right, I don't think I think you can um, strategically play your big man against uh, Miami and beat them. Yeah, I agree. I think Miami though the future is bright there, and if they add a big guy piece in the off season, I think that future is super bright. But it's a good point you bring up with the Lakers, Houston Rockets. I'm at the point the series is obviously not over, but if it continues going the way it's gone, do you just blow up the Houston Rockets? Because like. How do you but, compete in the Western Conference? But with, isn't the Houston Rockets a result of a blow-up already? Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, But, like, you can't – unless you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, you can't run small ball. Like, that's just not going to work when you have people like Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the same team. Yeah. Like, well, well, also, too, though, I think we got to give credit to the Lakers coaching staff because we saw Houston destroy them in game one running that big – 
That's true. Yeah, but yeah. then the coaching staff made adjustments, and then you say, oh, well, coaching doesn't really matter in the NBA, and I'll point right to the Lakers having a 2-1 lead right now, running a, a semi... They, they learned pretty quickly that you can't play Dwight Howard and you can't play um, JaVale. you yeah. got to lead him on the bench. And... <laughs> But you also got to get Kuzma so and, and Danny Green to actually score. And if they don't score, then you got to hope Rondo is, is doing something other than facilitating, which he's doing a great job of facilitating. Playoff Rondo in full effect. That's always been – I mean, everybody said it and identified it well. For the Lakers, it really – as much as we want to talk about LeBron James and Anthony Davis as being the key part, it really comes down to Kuzma. Like, he's got to play well. If they don't have – if he doesn't play well, the thing falls apart. Rondo, though, has been a – a good surprise playoff Rondo is in full effect, which is always so funny because like we openly admit, and it's the reason so many people kind of hate on the NBA regular season is like these guys just not all of them. Some of them try throughout the season, but like they just don't care <laughs> during the regular season. And you see it with playoff Rondo. He is a completely different human being in the playoffs. And he always has been that way. Now he's shooting way better than expected, but he's always been better in the playoffs. It's just funny to see. Um, I guess my only other point, unless you got anything else in the NBA, is Giannis, what we think. I mean, I'm already going to be sick and tired of hearing it this offseason because until he signs something, I think there's always going to be speculation. But do we honestly believe Giannis is leaving? I don't believe he's leaving, but it makes me think of they should do the MVP differently because the the way they give it out, and now Giannis has the stink of losing, even though his MVP is for the regular season. But people are always yeah. going to think about your playoff performance, right? So they should either give it out way early or give it out at the beginning of next year. Like, they they got to do the MVP award differently. I don't disagree with that. Um, I also don't think – I give. I think giving him the defensive player of the year was also nonsense. But um, I do think he was the best player <laughs> as far as MVP. You make an argument there. I don't think he's leaving Milwaukee. Um, I was watching Jalen Rose's show, Jalen and Jacoby, um, during work the other day, and I think it was Jalen who brought this up, and I thought it was actually the perfect analogy for Giannis. Giannis, I think, he feels like a Dirk Nowinski type of character where he mm. he wants to win without a super team and do it for his city because he loves the city, but unlike Dirk and the Mavs, Milwaukee has a long way to go to surround him with some pieces. Yeah. To get, get him there because I, I think the one in one deal is what he should do. Um, and they sh- the Milwaukee should be auditioning. They need to get him a piece. Adding somebody like Chris Paul might not be a bad idea. Or like adding another veteran guy because um, Chris Middleton isn't getting it done and the, the surrounding cast isn't getting done. And it also falls on Giannis. He hasn't developed a mid-range game like he should have so far. That's something to work on though. He's still super young. But that comparison to like Dirk Nowinski where like he can maybe kind of squeeze out one championship. And if he does do that, I think it's almost a legacy. Like it almost means more in our day and age. If he can just win one in Milwaukee as opposed to go yeah, yeah, by himself and leading a team, carrying a team like Dirk did. I can see that. And I like the I analogy. He should go to, uh, he should go ring shopping. I think everybody should go ring shopping, but I know I'm in a minority. <laughs> hey, I don't disagree. I think, I think players should get paid, and I think they should go to the best team for the most part. Like, I don't, I didn't love KD going to Golden State because that just felt like that felt cheap. Like, if he had gone to some other team that was maybe just a tier below, like, he went to the best team historically ever the year before, (laughs) and like, he's the best player in basketball at points. Um, But I think the one argument I would say against that, and it's a good one, is you've seen it with LeBron and you've seen it now with KD. When they do go ring shopping, they're still left sort of unhappy. Like, they're happy in that moment. But then the criticism comes. They didn't carry the team there. They led the team there. And then you see them searching for something else. Like, you saw LeBron go back to Cleveland and then get his ring there. And then he doesn't care anymore. Like, he's going to do his thing and be happy. Yeah, Yeah, he's done. But you see with KD now, where KD, I think, he's internalized a lot of that. Like, I didn't go – like, yeah, I got my two rings, but I didn't carry a team there. And now I need to go do that. And that leaves kind of an unfulfillment. I think Giannis is smart enough to see that and at least give it a little bit longer in Milwaukee. And if they don't – get their act together then yeah i don't expect him to stay very long that's why i think the one-on-one deal kind of works better for yeah. him and maybe we should think about just getting rid of the oklahoma city thunders all together <laughs> and, and have a new expansion somewhere else because they bring it back to seattle bring it back to seattle 
I like the Seattle Supersonics back in the day. Um, all right, let's move on to football because it is football season now, and I'm going to rely heavily on YouTube for this next segment because I don't know who this kid is, but I see him all over my timeline. I am referring – we are going to talk about the Big Ten here and the absolute disaster that this whole thing has been. But primarily around this guy, Sir Yacht. Yes, I don't Sir know Yacht. who this I'm kid is. I'm going to is Mr. Tugboat. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't know. stand this dude. I don't know who this kid is, but he's all over my timeline. I know you guys are probably more plugged into this. The way I essentially react to it, because I have seen him beat um, like Dan Patrick or some things, but then I've seen him be wildly off on some other things in pulling the like material change type of deal um, with us. So you guys are more plugged into this. I'm going to kind of leave it a little bit more to you, but who is this kid? What is going on here with the Big Ten? That's a good question. I don't know exactly who he is. According to his Twitter bio, he's a sports content creator and co-host of his own competing podcast, which we won't mention here because don't listen to that. <laughs> um, and he has bear, been speculating bear, bear, bear. wildly about the Big Ten, as you have pointed out. Now, I I do believe his record is like two and six. He has gotten some things right. I think he initially was right with the uh, cancellate. He was one of the first people to talk about yeah. uh, them uh, canceling. Um, and I forgot what else he was right about. But from there, he has been wrong about everything else and has has had to apologize multiple times. And then also mentioned that he is not a reporter. He's a content creator. Uh, <laughs> so he's not held to the same standards, I guess. <laughs> oh, what a loophole. The, the funny part is, is that some of his rumors, the way the Big Ten has been acting, I don't know that those rumors are off. I just think things have changed and they've just handled it poorly as well. So that's where I'm at. Like for some of this. So I think there was two examples. I'm trying to it was around the cancellation. And then he did a report on one of the many phone calls that's been reported. on. I want to say it was like one of the first one where they were having like second thoughts. And he literally beat because I remember thinking like, oh, maybe this dude's legit because I saw his tweets, and then, like, maybe 30 minutes to an hour later, Dan Patrick was then doing it. And Dan Patrick is some guy I trust because he's, like, old-school media. He probably definitely has a good connection with the Big Ten, so I'm like, shit, all right. If Dan Patrick has got it, maybe this kid's got something. But then I've seen so much content filtered through that I can't tell because some of it is, like, the Big Ten seems like such a disaster. Yeah. As trying to figure this out, if this kid is just wrong all the time or if he's right – but things are changing so fast, and he's just got a source that is maybe yeah. not the most reliable, or a little bit maybe trigger happy with sending out information that isn't the. Uh, it's gone through the telephone. Yeah, I think it's a lot of the. I think it's a lot of the trigger happy because it's funny because he's he always reports about them either coming to a vote or coming close to a decision or they they're gonna have to come to a decision by this day when that they really never talked at all and yeah. it's like it's like. Well, the president's never got on the phone. There was never a vote. There was supposed to be a vote last Friday to get it installed, to get the season going by October 10th. Um, but now, like, they don't have the teams that they want to play, and it's all just a, it's all just a clusterfuck, is what it seems like. Yeah, I. So a few things with the voting was one. I do think that they're getting a lot of information from Ryan Day and uh, Frost and, yeah. and them speculating about stuff. And because they're head coaches, then people go and expand on their speculations. Like Tim just pointed out, there was no there wasn't according to the Big Ten. There wasn't even talks about a second vote that came from the media and <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> like that second vote, thing, like Michigan's president, who is. I believe an epidemiologist, but don't. Yes, he's yeah. a, he's an infectious disease doctor. He's, okay, he's an infectious disease doctor. Has not even come to the table on the his in his mind. The football season is over. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, yeah right. That's the biggest I think, and it's been talked about. I've heard a couple people say that, but like unlike a lot of other conferences, the Big Ten has two doctors as presidents. There's uh, Michigan's doctor, and then there's another president who ha who's an MD as well not in infectious diseases i want to say he was just uh, like a regular physician um i'll have to google it but i know they have two so that's a tough hurdle to already try to overcome to play football unlike the sec and some of these other conferences but that is i guess part of my concern is we don't know in this moment because like 
part of the reason I think I'm less excited about football right now is because I'm sort of holding my breath like, oh, this is going to get canceled any minute now, um, is they're either going to look very good in the long run, that they canceled their season, they held out, and all these other teams had tons of outbreaks and things like that, or they're going to look really stupid not starting later in the season, seeing how it plays out earlier, and there's no issue. I think it's probably going to be the, the latter of the two where they're probably going to look decently smart here on this one and being more cautious. But it seems like the communication and just the organization, and this is a, a problem we're going to talk about with the NFL where they just kind of wait until the last minute and then they were like, and we'll talk about it with basketball, and just kind of let it go. Um, but it does, it's a weird situation with the Big Ten, at least from where I'm sitting looking at it. So what I don't understand is the Big Ten – um, all these schools, and I am a product of one of the schools of the Big Ten, have great PR schools, have great communication schools. How can you be this bad <laughs> at getting messages out? Like, if they need to hire someone, I do this for a living. If they need to hire someone, I am available to be hired <laughs> to work for the Big Ten to run their Twitter and their social media. Because this is terrible. Like, this is a lesson. This will be studied in uh, classes. I am sure of it 100 percent. it's been a it's been a train wreck (laughs) that's the other thing i don't understand too because like they were so quick to the gun to cancel it which i get i think i would have done more of the like look we're postponing it right now it's too early like let's hold out a little bit of hope maybe we can get started in the end of october if we get an antiviral or the country's a little bit more under control and we have kind of a better grasp around this but they canceled right off the gun without what seemed to be much prep. Like, it just seemed like they didn't really think about this far enough ahead. They got to the date, and they are like, oh, shit, football season starts in a couple weeks. What are we doing? At least that's how I perceived it from kind of the communication. And now they're in a place where they're receiving a ton of backlash because three conferences are going, and we're starting to get rumors of, like, well, could you play later? And they don't know. They haven't really talked it out. It's just – it's a train wreck. It's a, it's a lot like – they wanted the season to be canceled, so they released the schedule so that they were like, so that everybody saw, oh shit, the football season's really coming up soon. We need to do something. We really can't play it at where this country is at in this moment in time, so we're going to cancel. Yeah. yeah. Which maybe they cancel, and like I said, maybe it looks great in hindsight, like because this this becomes a terrible problem for the NCAA. They have huge outbreaks. But I th- I still like the idea of, like, let's postpone it, wait, and see where we're at in October. Let's get through September. We're not going to play in September. Let's think about – let's target late October and revisit at the beginning of October and see where we're at, and then from there make a decision. Seems, Seems like a better idea to me. It's, a, it's like your favorite thing to do in school. You, if you don't want to make a decision, you kick the can down the road and you figure it out later. That's a future tip problem. <laughs> yeah. But that was – I don't know. It just – it seemed like a problem from the beginning. Um but who knows? I mean, we've seen games in college now get postponed. Baylor's postponed it today because of an out or this weekend because of an outbreak. We'll see how it goes. Um, it also seems hypocritical that they let kids back on campus without great plans, and then yeah, from all school. Um, uh, here's what I didn't like: so Dabo Sweeney saying like, "Well, if the Big Ten plays later in a year, we shouldn't wait for college football." One, I have a, a certain, I mean, they shouldn't be part of the college football playoffs. One, I have a specific disdain for Davos Sweeney, so I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> but with that said, like, I don't, Dabo obviously thinks that this, they're going to continue to play without hiccups. We are going to see games get postponed or teams not being able to field a full team um, because of COVID. And that, that would happen even if we had, I think like antivirals or stuff like that it, because we don't yeah. have a, a cure and the country itself is all over the place with how we're handling COVID. So I think the CFP will get, I don't know what date they're projecting, but it'll probably, it will probably get pushed back. I, I think if the big 10 starts in November, I think for me, that's um, probably the most realistic thing I think the CFP could wait. There's a path for them to wait until the big 10 yeah, yeah. their season. Yeah. Hundred percent. And let's be real. Like, if we're talking about if the Big Ten decided to go, you're not going to hold that with your arguably second best conference still playing games. Like the ACC sucks across the board. I mean, Clemson's good, but the rest of the field is garbage. So, like, if the Big Ten decides to play in November, 
you're absolutely right. There's no way they're not going to have they're not going to field if Ohio State goes undefeated. They're not going to push postpone the college football playoffs to not have them included. Like that's just not going to happen. Want <laughs> to put them in the CFP? Yeah, like that's just not. Yeah, it's it's a dumb argument. I mean, Dabo's an idiot. I have I also have huge disdain for him. Um, that's been well vocalized on this show um, throughout the years. But yeah, Dab was also lucky that the season didn't start earlier because he had an outbreak in like the very first week of training camp. So, so that's, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. the other thing. It happened with professional athletes in the MLB. So I, I that I mean, how is it not going to happen in college? You're on a college campus where there's consistently outbreaks on campuses right now, and the kids are there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And that's the thing. That's what I laugh about the NFL too. Like. In my head, I'm like, they're just bullshitting their numbers because they have had, what, one player test positive so far? Oh, <laughs> it's like, they had the 7,000 7, test, test positive, and they're like, oh, no, those are false positives. The company positive. just yep. sucked. It's like, okay, Roger Goodell, there's no way. Um, there's no way they've had one player test just test positive, um, which is the fear. That That's also the fear, and I think played into sort of the mind of the Big Ten. I have to imagine a lot of the presidents who initially voted no, who were maybe second – second guessing their decision i'm sure part of it was like there's no way these coaches are honest with their numbers like there's no way um you saw what lincoln riley did where he said he's not gonna post uh he's not going to um he had a competitive show his nor show any of his covid numbers because he doesn't want a competitive advantage from the opponents yeah i saw that um yeah I was like, what? Yeah, you have to. I That's a safety risk. I'm sorry. You're they, right. They, they, but they college football does that shady stuff all the time. Like, it is – that has been – college athletics in general, but specifically college football has always had that shady side to it where I have to imagine that played a role in the decision. Wow. Right. And we I already, mean, you're, you're an opposing team, and Oklahoma has 30 cases on their, on their offensive line, like – <laughs> alone like on their offensive and defensive lines and you're gonna bring your team to to no. oklahoma to play against them no <laughs> and we already had you know one student um pass away from complications with covid19 um so this is it's real and it's gonna affect i mean we're seeing it with college football right now but we don't even know what it's gonna look like for college basketball i know we already get to that later in the show but it's a real concern from colleges. I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but uh, maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe no one should have played until spring or January or something. You know. Yeah. I mean, I I was for postponing the season a little bit further and waiting until like October to see where we're at. Um, but we're going. the The season's kicking off. It's kicked off. It's kicking off tonight, even more so with the first major team to go. Um, with Miami versus UAB, which sort of gets into us into our betting segment. Um, so we are, we got some picks here. Now I have a full card. We're going to talk about a couple games, and then I'm going to read off my card. It's both NFL and college. We'll highlight a couple games. I'm not going to really highlight the UAB Miami game. It was part of my picks for the Degenerate Report. Go look that up on BadNewsMedia.com or any of our social media platforms. Have a plus 60% win percentage the last two years. Yeah, went back and calculated that out. <laughs> but I'm immediately regretting this pick. We'll see how it turns oh, out. But, but I'm, I'm immediately regretting the UAB. I was going to say, I'm going to call that first one a bad news. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, here's my thing Miami, I've been burnt so many times by Miami, and Miami's O line. Garbage doesn't even begin to describe what that O-line was last year. They gave up 51 sacks. It was the worst in all Power 5 conferences. Um, and they're returning everybody, which maybe the baptism by fire last year made them better. Maybe they're a stronger unit. Oh, but, like, God. I'm not – yeah, I'm not willing to bet that. So, they do have um, Derek King, who I do think is going to be, a, like, one of those su- – not surprised because people know him, but I think he's going to have a chance to be in the Heisman competition. Yeah, um, but if he's on his back the, the whole time, it doesn't really matter, does it? Right. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. It comes down to can they be steady on the line because the rest of the team is super talented. Um, and I think Diaz has stepped back from kind of he's more focusing defense. He's the head coach, but he's stepping back, and he's going to be more defensive focused, and he's going to let the OC do his thing. They have a new OC who's bringing a spread offense with them. So maybe it's different, but it all hinges on that O-line. So I'm not – I couldn't bet him the first game. So I put, I put UAB – I got them at 14.5. I think right before the game they're at like 16.5. But uh, I was gonna say I see him at fifteen and a half now, yeah, so maybe it's not a, not no, maybe it's not, not the worst. We'll, we'll see. see. 
Maybe Miami will go in there and hang 50 on them. Maybe. Maybe. Or, you, I'm sorry. UAB is playing UAB. at Miami. You know what I meant. Yeah. I got, I got you. Um, Want to talk about another trash team? Florida State. Florida State's playing Georgia Tech. Um, that line is at 12.5 over under 52.5. I got Georgia Tech plus 12.5 there. Georgia Tech was trash. You want to talk about another trash team offensively last year, but it's the first year they haven't run the triple option. I mean, what did we expect? For the last, I don't know how many years they've been running the triple option down there. It's the, Last year was the first year they switched away from it. It was going to be rough. But Florida State, another team, can't block up front. They got a talented quarterback, but can't block up front. That program has seen a really rough start to their offseason with players threatening to boycott and a lot of criticism on how the program was protecting the players, which was fair. Um, and totally on the athlete's side there. But that's like a a distraction that makes me a little bit nervous to pick a Florida State in that game. Georgia Tech played them really close last year. I got Georgia Tech plus 12.5 there um, as one of my picks. Yeah, and then they turn right around and play Miami. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Could be be nice. Um, That one I wouldn't disagree with at all. That one I like. Duke-Notre Dame. Notre Dame is getting... So many points. They're a 20-point favorite last I checked. They're playing Duke. They're 20-point favorite. The over-under is 54. Duke's got that kid, Chase Bryant, from Clemson, and Cutcliffe is like the QB whisperer there. I don't think Duke's really going to put up many points. But are we really thinking Notre Dame's going to put up a lot of points? They lost like every they, – you know, they're returning their quarterback, but like they lost every wide receiver, and I think they lost the running back. Like That, that under is hitting, 54. I'm taking that under. <laughs> it's going to be like – Notre Dame is going to play this game like a Big Ten team plays a game where they're going to win this game, but it's going to be a lot closer than people thought it was going to be. 100%. And Notre Dame always gets the benefit of the doubt because they're Notre Dame. But, like, the fact that they're, people are even giving them this much of a, a point spread, it's like this is a whole new offense, essentially, outside of the quarterback from a weapon standpoint. The defense is still really good. They're without the Notre Dame advantage as far as fans really go because I don't think they're letting them in yet. They are planning, I think, Syracuse is their target date to let fans in, which seems – absurd um given they canceled classes like two weeks ago um but yeah i like the under here 54 yes, they, went, they went from canceling classes to sending out emails about reserving student tickets <laughs> which is so, so dumb oh my wife's cousin's down there right now and she got an email to reserve student tickets i don't remember which game they start with but they're already starting to reserve student tickets well, mm-hmm. and, you know, welcome Notre Dame to the ACC, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, they just have to join. Like, just shove them in there. Stop letting them be independent. It's annoying. <laughs> if you want to know my real feelings about that. Um, also, I got Cle- Clemson versus Wake Forest. The number's 30 on that game. Uh, over. Your <laughs> damn, damn right does. I'm taking Clemson. <laughs> <day long>. uh, <laughs> or it was 33. Sorry. Um, over under 51 and a half. Clemson's going to kick the shit out of them. Like, why is this, this? This shouldn't even be allowed to be bet. Like, they're returning Trevor Lawrence, who did look – he was terrible in the national championship game. He had some huge inconsistency problems last year. But, like, I think he's coming back with a vengeance out for blood. And they're returning their leading rusher from last year, who is going to carve this team up. They're better in every facet of the game of football. Like, like, they really like, are. The, o- the only hope on this one is that uh, Sam Hartman from QB1 comes out with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah, except for he's, like, tiny <laughs> behind that Clemson defensive line and, like, defense. I mean, that's going to be rough. Um, those were sort of the – because there aren't that many games to pick from college. Those were my college picks. Um, uh, this feels like week one of college football, even though it's not. Yeah, and it, it's – like, I was looking at the board, and I kind of forgot because, like, the SEC isn't kicking off yet. Um, with Baylor being postponed, that game isn't kicking off yet. Like, it feels weird. I think in two weeks we get the SEC – so we'll start to get, like, more of a bigger slate of games. Um, so not a ton. Also, I hate betting the first week of football. Like, it's – I normally don't bet at all, but this year we're going in on the picks. Um, I trend – The outbreaks for that Baylor, Louisiana yeah, yeah. Tech. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it was not good. But those are my picks for college. NFL, just going to list off a couple games here. Tell me how you feel. First game, Titans-Broncos. I think I'm in probably my biggest bet ever on the NFL on this one. It's two and a half over unders 41. It's in mile high. How is this two and a half games? Like there hasn't been any preseason conditioning is going to be all types of fucked up for like the Titans. And then they're going to go play in the high altitude and they're going to what beat or stay within a field goal of the Broncos. No fucking way. 
I know Von Miller's gone, and everybody acted like he was dead on Twitter, which it is a huge loss, and I do feel bad for him, but he's going to come back strong. But, like, I thought, like, like, I saw Lewis Riddick's tweet, and I was like, Jesus, did, like, Von Miller, like, snap his leg in half? Like, did he have the Teddy Bridgewater injury? Because, like, that was the reaction we were seeing on Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, two and a half seems crazy. I'm taking Broncos all day long. Really? Because I, I like the other the other side of that one. I like the, um, I mean, no preseason, and they get to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry all game. Yeah, but he's going to get, they like, can't tackle. Denver? Have they really been hitting that much? Like they you come out much, but like I'm gonna go with like their defense is able to hold up and with the altitude and late game, it's a ten ten Eastern Standard Time, so that's what, like eight o'clock their time, but like they're an East Coast team, their internal clocks are gonna be all messed up. The high altitude, terrible conditioning. Like, I don't know. I feel like I well, I already bet them, so I'm taking them. I know what I'm doing. I already bet them and I laid down like four units on them. Um I took the Broncos two and a half. That's the, other, that's the other no fun thing to watch about these NFL teams right now. I've been seeing a lot of hamstring injuries come out of these camps like mm-hmm. right oh. now because they're finally getting back into the swing of things. Like, I don't know how this is all going to work. It's going to be bad. Um, I think the first couple weeks, I hate betting the NFL the first couple weeks because Vegas is almost always spot on. And, like, I don't know what I'm going to get because the teams are so inconsistent. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking Broncos. The other game I'm looking at, Browns-Ravens, 7 is the line. Ravens are the favorite over under 48. Brown's got a new head coach. Baker's got tons of weapons. He's got two great running backs. This coach is definitely more run heavy. He's bet way better than Freddie Kitchen in that f- factor. He's got Jarvis Landry as his number one wide receiver. He's got a great number two wide receiver in Odell who does not drop shit. Um, but the Ravens, I mean. Did you just say Odell doesn't drop shit? I did. <laughs> <laughs> he does not drop shit. He's a great number two wide Just receiver on that there. team. <laughs> you see what I did he's there? A, yeah. <laughs> he's a great number two wide receiver, and he don't drop shit. <laughs> but, like, so I basically, my logic going into the NFL throughout most of my teams is if you have a new head coach this year or you have, like, significant changes offensively, I'm automatically betting against you because I'm giving the benefit of the doubt with less time to prepare, less hitting, more walkthroughs, that the team that has the same head coach, pretty much the same guys offensively, they're going to be able to click a little bit faster, at least in the first couple weeks. So I like the Ravens, and the Ravens are just a superior team. Uh, maybe I'm wrong there, but I like the Ravens 7-7. Seven and seven. Now, you know, normally I don't comment on the NFL, but I think if there's any game where team chaos is going to show up, it's going to show up in this game. That is, that is potential, yeah. <laughs> strong, strong potential there. Um I also had, so I've also got on my card this week, I got Bills six and a half. I hate Adam Gase, the Jets head coach. They've lost. They lost Jamal Adams. They don't have C.J. Mosley. Like, he is literally the dumbest football coach in all the NFL, I think. Um, The Bills, they got added digs. They're ready to take the roof off teams. I like the Bills six and a half. I also like the Chargers three and a half against the Bengals. The Bengals were the worst team in football last year. Like maybe Joe Burrow gets out of the gate on fire, but I doubt it. That offensive line has huge problems. Um, I also don't hate the under there at 42, but I'm taking chargers three and a half. Um, and that's kind Quite of my chargers. Don't they, the they have Tyrod Taylor, right? So they're yeah, going to be an dude, average team. Talk about a guy who has been consistently better than what like the media and fans have given him credit for. Like Tyrod Taylor has been a very good quarterback. He, not great, but like he has been very good, and he has never gotten the credit that he is due. Um, we won't even get into that. <laughs> but I, I do think I think he's got Lynn, who's a fantastic coach. I love him. I've been been hot on him since hard knocks on the Jets when he was the running back coach there. I think he's a great head coach. Um, I think the Chargers are going to be well-coached this year. I think the defense is really good. The Bengals' all-line sucks. And I think Tyrod is going to play well. Um, but unfortunately, because they drafted another guy, I think Tyrod will be on another team next year. But he's very good, and I think that's why I give them the edge at three and a half. The Bengals suck. Um, those are my picks for kind of the NFL slash college this week. Um, couple, You want to know I bet futures? This one hurt me, Tim. You know who I bet a future on? So you know I'm very serious about this. The UC Bearcats. I bet them to win the American Conference plus 400. I think they might even be in the top 10 by the end of the season. Like Luke Fickle has those boys going. Oh, yeah. Just, just say, say I think that defense is really good. The quarterback's a junior. Yeah. This 
I don't hate that. He's a junior. He's played the last two seasons. He's been getting better. Plus 400. I bet them to win the American Conference. And I think they're going to be top 10 probably by the end of the year. Also, who who would stop them? Like, what team would? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like, it Memphis? Even though they don't have Mike Norvell, are there still people at Memphis? Um, that would be honest. Yeah. That's, I, was, I was just trying to spitball to see who else would be in that conference that might be yeah. able to stop them. The, like they, what are they, the AA? They're the Americans. <laughs> so, they, so they've God. got – they play Army. They play South Florida, Tulsa, Memphis, M- or SMU, Houston, East Carolina, Temple, UCF. UCF would be the team. UCF is the team, yes. Yeah, but, dude, I think they're going to be – I think they, I think they're going to go undefeated. I think they're going to play really well and kick the shit out of that conference. Um, to be completely honest, it was my great future bet. <laughs> Speaking of that being a future bet, did you see uh, Desmond Howard on game day? Um, he said they asked him who his, um, who his dark horse candidate was, and he was like, "My dark horse candidate's LSU because I think they lost a lot of people. They just oh they're God. not going to be very good this year." Yeah, like, do you know what a dark horse candidate is? And then, so after the segment aired, he's like, "Oh, I, I thought you meant by dark horse, thinking that like people that uh, overrated." Ah, no, 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 no. And then he picked UC, so it might be over for you too. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's not great, but I love UC um, this year. I also bet Bills to win the AFC East. I bet Bucks plus one hundred and fifty to be win the NFC South, and I bet Seattle plus 185 to, to win the NFC West. So th- that's what I got. I am shocked by your Bucks pick. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. We're returning a segment today, boys. The Trophy Kids Participation Trophy of the Week Award was unanimously decided on this week, and it is going to the ACC Basketball Conference who this week decided in all their infinite wisdom that they wanted every single D1 basketball program to make the tourney. How are we feeling about this, boys? I don't know. Lots of thoughts. It didn't make any sense that ACC clearly was on some sort of power trip. And then the the idea they proposed wasn't actually drastically different than what already happens for the tournament. Not even not drastically different. It was the exact same. They said that they wanted all 351 Division One teams in the tournament. And then it would start with conference tournaments and then have a 66 to 68 team tournament bracket. Yep. What is the difference? That is literally what happens every year. Oh, yeah. Well, one, I like the NCAA. I guess it was Coach K who kind of led the charge here. So my first thought was like, Damn, how bad is Duke about to be this year? Um, my second thought was, damn, are these coaches thirsty for their uh, postseason bonus checks? Because do, do they all get their we made the tournament checks this year? If they all they all get in, right? I mean, you all every one of them have in their conf, or in their contracts have a bonus if they make the tournament. And then my third thought was, this is quite literally. I mean, on face value, before I even looked at it, if you had all D one. You know how long that tournament would take? To 350 teams. Yeah, yeah, 350 teams in a single elimination game. Like, how would you even seed that? Like, what, Duke's going to play, like, I don't know, Lafayette, Miami, University, Community College in the middle of, like, I don't know, Boise, Idaho? (laughs) Like, what? Realize how bad that tournament will be, too? (laughs) Yeah. Like, the first 100 games are bad. Yeah. 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 And then once I once I looked into it more, it really wasn't as you said much much different, um, which made it even dumber. I also love the power trip the ACC coaches thought they had there, where the NCAA just came back and sort of slapped them around like we're not football. Like the NCAA actually runs basketball, where like the conferences run college football. Like the NCAA doesn't really run college football; the conferences and, do. Yeah, Dan said. Every college basketball team's goal is to play in the NCAA tournament because everyone loves March Madness. Certainly, we miss it this year, and we can't wait for 2021. While all who care about the game are entitled to their opinion, and we'll always listen respectfully, at this time, we are not working on any contingency plan that involves expanding the tournament field. <laughs> it seems like the ACC doesn't, doesn't really want to make a decision on college basketball either. 
and they just tried to come up with some elaborate plan to put something else in the news to distract from the fact that they do start at the end of November. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. And we discovered in our text thread, and at least I discovered in our text thread, that no conference has said that they're only playing conference games yet. You want to hear even something better? So, and I've known this for, so first I'm going to say this one point, and then I'm going to get into what I learned just recently. I was a sports management major. I worked in sports management. People generally running these organizations are not the brightest. They don't really think ahead. I am a season ticket holder of Xavier basketball. We received an email this past week that we had until September 18th to decide if we wanted to opt out or opt into this season. No other details, though. Here are my biggest problems. 90% of the tickets at Xavier are season ticket holders. 90% of the stadium is filled with season ticket holders. They haven't told us what happens if we opt in, but they can only fill 50% of the arena or if they can only fill 25% of the arena. But you know what they did do? They took my check and like, of course, as soon as, soon as the season stopped, they have no plan right now as far as like how games are going to work. Is there going to be a raffle for tickets if we can't go 100%? They haven't even talked to the state yet as to what their limits will be in the stadium. But they want us, the ticket holders, to decide with no other information by September 18th if we're opting in or opting out of the season. That's where we're at. They haven't thought of anything, I don't think. Like, I legitimately don't think they've thought of anything. That's wild to me. I like the bubble idea, though. Yeah, I think they they should play in bubbles. Yeah, I I think they should definitely do them over Thanksgiving. Yeah, you, you can do it. Or at least knock out a bunch uh, of they kids, should yeah. do a bubble until I don't know December when the kids come back. Yeah, yeah. January. It they wouldn't be that, be that hard from Thanksgiving till January, middle of January. Yeah. It just takes a little bit of foresight and like a little bit of planning, but you could easily do it for college basketball. Is like a big, huge stadium, like run like four courts in Indy and like play all four games at the same time. So it's just like a you can't you can't figure out which whistles for what, and you got kids stopping while they're playing. Like it'll just be a mess, and it'll be fantastic. I wanted them in the NBA bubble to let like all the other teams come in and observe and just like talk shit to the team that is playing like in oh, close quarters. Like I wanted that. Like I wanted them to be the spectators. I'd want the same thing. Do like a like AAU style, but all the teams that aren't playing are in the stands, just like watching and talking shit, and we can hear the, the mic. The girls game before the boys game, and so the, the <laughs> guys are in the <laughs> stands. Yes, yes, they should. Yes. That, that should be a requirement for this year's bubble. Be so, so funny. funny. Uh, be, title Nine should get to work on that. Yeah, so that like women's basketball, fantastic. like everything happens. Women's Sunday. basketball has to play right before every men's game. If yeah, you yeah. want to bubble the men's team, you have to bubble the women's team as well and play before the. Uh, be so, so funny. funny. Yeah, I, actually, I really like that idea. I think they should do that, and people like will it. watch the women's game. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. All right, that's all I got. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Congratulations, ACC, on winning the participation trophy, the the elusive participation trophy of the week from Trophy Kids. Um, anybody got any final thoughts? I wanted to pick your brain about it really quickly. Yeah. So the NFL does not have a uniform stadium policy, right? And so some stadiums will have capacity. Some stadiums won't have anyone. Yep, yep. Do you? So we see that in the, the NBA, like, it has affected – certain players maybe not the whole team but it definitely has affected certain players with not having a crowd there do you think it will affect the nfl i personally don't just because i don't think the people that are letting fans in is even going to be enough to make a difference yeah yeah i think they're because they're all piping in this noise that i know kyle shanahan was concerned about because it's not super loud but it's more of like a white noise in the background type of deal um I think it will have some impact because I, I definitely think the fan environment helps some players get going at a higher level. Um, and we saw that in hockey, like Tuka Rask, who was already struggling for other reasons, for family reasons. There was a family emergency he had to leave, but you even saw that at the beginning where he was like, it doesn't feel like real games because there's no fans. I think, I think there will be definitely players that have a hard time getting in the mental state to play, but I don't think it will be the majority of them, if that makes sense. Sense. I think, 
I think some some of the guys that are more like skill like skill players that are a little bit more like in it for not the they're all in it for personal success and to be the best athlete, but some of them are a little bit more into like we really thrive off the fan environment. We we're putting on a show type of deal, um, and so I do think those guys might struggle getting in the mindset. But I don't think it will affect the game as much. We will have a lot more hot mic situations, which will be super fascinating to see how they deal that? with that. Um, um, but, yeah, that I, I think it will have some effect. Um, but I don't know if it will have a huge – I think it will have much more of an effect in college. Than will in – oh, yes. Because I do think that requires – those environments have way more effect on the outcome of the game and the performance of the players than in the NFL. But I definitely do think that there will be a – there will be an effect for some players in the NFL, for sure. I think college, we're going to see some teams get blown out because they don't have their fans in the stands. 100%. There's no zone. There's no Coach K's court. There's no... And it takes something away from the game of college, too, because the game of college, where the NFL it's more game-focused, with college, it's a whole-day experience. Like, it's the bands, it's the fans, it's... The tailgating is a different level. Like, like... Big Ten tailgating and SEC tailgating is much different than tailgating happening at Cowboy Stadium or Kansas City Stadium for the Chiefs Arrowhead or like things like that. Like it's just the whole day environment is different and it feeds so much into the overall product and performance of the game. I think, and it's the same thing with college basketball. I think college basketball is going to be really ugly for a, a little bit as they get adjusted to it. I think we're going to see a lot of. I think we're if we go to conference play, we're going to see a lot of like five hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 oh yeah. But that, also a good point too. Like it's this speaks to the volume of how unprepared the NFL is for this whole season is the fact that they don't have a uniform policy and that they don't really have a uniform policy on much outside of testing. Like this is. They are they are the guy they are the product that sells itself. So they've they've sort of lost their ability to like critically think through the problems. Almost it feels like and develop uniform policies where all the other leagues are more united in this fact. And the NFL, which is weird because the NFL started as a league that was very united. It's the way they survived in the, like the very early days. Um, it's why they have like profit sharing and things like that because they relied on each other. But like they have gotten so far away from that where it is weird that we don't see more unified. Even if it's negative, it's normally negative on the NFL when they are unified, like it's negative policies. But like to not even see them be somewhat unified on these types of things is, it speaks to the volume of how bad they are really managing a lot of this. It wasn't they even like, hey, we think you should cap your stadium at ten thousand. It, it, it's yeah. these policies are all over the place from right, these, right. Yeah. And, that, and there is a competitive advantage to some teams. I think there will be some competitive advantage. Now, how much, I don't know, but it definitely, and part of that, they'll be like, well, different states have different rules and things like that. Like, it, maybe it's blowing up in, you know, California, but Texas doesn't have enough cases or whatever the rationale is, but it's like, there is a competitive advantage. I just don't know what that is measurably yet um, without seeing it to having some fans in the stadium, but we'll see. Hey, my, uh, what should we call it, update came true. My, uh, uh, don't die going to see Smash Mouth. Please don't go. Don't die seeing the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not. I will consider it if the Bucks make the Super Bowl in Tampa, but I'm only considering it. I don't. I still don't even think I would go. Definitely do not go for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Shots fired at them. They're having a rough week. I mean, they're having a rough week. Real shitty week, you might say. Real shitty week. <laughs> one might say. Yeah. One might say they've been having a real poo-poo time this week. Um, that'll that'll wrap it up for me. Uh, as always, peace. Peace. See ya.